Hey everyone, welcome to Tom French Preaching. This is the podcast of me, Tom French, preaching, just like the title says. I'm a guy who lives in Melbourne and does Bible talks for youth and other people around Australia and all over the internet. I'm also the author of Weird, Crude, Funny and Nude, The Bible Exposed, the very best book that I have ever written. For more information about my book or to see what else I've been up to, go to my website, tomfrench.com.au. And with that, let's get on with the talk. So it is a great privilege uh, to be able to preach to you on the first Sunday after the great toilet paper crisis of 2020. (laughs) And uh, I don't know about you, but I've spent a lot of time thinking about toilet paper in the last week. when, When I first heard about it, it was on Monday morning. I saw in my newsfeed uh, that someone was saying, I'm off to the shops, I'm going to see if there's toilet paper. And I was like, why would you think about that? And then, and then they posted in their feed, they had pictures of people, they're like, they're not, I'm not even at the shops yet, and look, here's someone with a trolley full of toilet paper. And then there was another person with a trolley full of toilet paper. It was like, we were getting like live updates on all the toilet paper that were leaving the shops. And I was like, oh, this is, this is a thing. And when I went to the shops on Monday, I didn't notice, you know, any kind of, you know, run on toilet paper, but I also wasn't looking for one. I didn't realize that it would, you know, be a thing in Brunswick. But it uh, turns out by, by Wednesday, it was all gone. Everything was gone. It was, the shelves were as bare as a baby's bottom. It was, it was, it was a crazy moment. And I started thinking, oh gosh, what are we going to do if we run out of toilet paper? And we uh, have a subscription to uh, the, uh, the very inappropriately named Who Gives a Crap? <laughs> Am I allowed to say that in church? But uh, we have a subscription to them. And we have some, uh, like some toilet paper that is due to come. So they're going to send it to us. Uh, in the next uh, few weeks, and um, we were a little bit, you know, I was a little bit concerned about when it's going to come. I was like, you know, are they going to have enough? And then, you know, we got an email from them assuring us that they would have enough. They put some aside, and then I'm thinking, well, it's going to get delivered to our place. It's going to get put into the the mail room, and I was like, people can't be trusted in our building. <laughs> People might steal our toilet paper. Or maybe I should sit downstairs with a shotgun, ready for the toilet paper to come, just to make sure that I can safely escort it. And then I started thinking, I was like, but seriously, what if people steal our toilet paper? So I was like, maybe we should get it sent to a friend's place, and the friends can take it, and they're trustworthy. And then I'm like, are they trustworthy? Maybe they will take half our toilet rolls. They'll be like, we've got a, you know, we've got a 24 toilet roll tax. Because it's, you know, it's the toilet roll crisis. You want to send it to us? We take half your toilet paper. And I was like, am I willing to risk half my toilet paper? Are they willing to risk the friendship so they can have toilet paper? I don't know. I was staying up awake at night thinking about toilet paper. It has been a very strange week. And chances are, if you are, you are sitting here and you, you know, understand, you, you know, we've been making jokes about it, you know, to each other and on the internet. But also I'm guessing that some of us are also a little bit concerned about if we are going to have enough. And others of us are sitting there feeling rather smug that we do have enough and maybe a little bit guilty that we took more than we should. And what's, what seems to be going on is that there is... Something deeper happening there. It's not really about the toilet paper. But that we are people who are 
worried people, that we are concerned that we will not have enough. And this, uh, this, this crisis that we have is, is just showing us what our hearts are like. That we are people who hoard and store up treasures here on earth. And we do it because we are afraid. Because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And so we want to make sure that we have enough. Whether that is enough toilet paper or canned goods or dry foods. Or whether it's enough money in our bank accounts or in our superannuation. Or that we've paid off enough of our mortgages. We want to make sure that we are okay. That we are safe. And so we store up treasure here on earth. But we know that it's not enough. Because... You know, a coronavirus can come and can wipe out our health and can wipe out the stocks. Uh, or we can have a housing bubble that can burst. We can have all sorts of things happen. We might get sick. And so when we are afraid, then the response that we have is to then store up more stuff so that we can be more prepared. And Jesus tells us that that's not the way that we should respond. That we don't need to store up treasures here on earth. But instead we should store up for ourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Have you ever heard of a robbery in heaven? No, you haven't. Because no one knows where it is and if there was one, my guess is then they'd keep it very quiet. It'd be bad for PR. But it's not possible. But what does it mean for there to be treasures in heaven? And, and the Bible's never actually that clear about what it means for there to be treasures in heaven. But, it's, but it means that something is going to happen where we get rewarded. When we get to go to be with Jesus, or he comes to be with us, that we will get rewarded uh, for the things that we have done, uh, which are good things, which honor him, which love him and love others. And that is a treasure that is worth storing up. I don't know how you felt when you were in school and you got awards. I remember getting taught in school how to receive an award. They you know, were told us that we were going to have awards and we'd get welcomed up on stage. And then we'd have to shake the hands of, of someone and they'd give us a certificate. We had to practice taking the certificate with one hand and making sure it was the correct hand that we took it with so we could shake with the correct hand. And, and it was a big deal and it was very exciting to get these awards. And then you got your award and you felt very pleased with yourself that you had gotten an award for having really good handwriting or that you had done a really great job you know, cutting out circles. And, like you just felt so good about what you had done. And I don't know what treasures there are going to be in heaven, but I suspect that that could be a kind of treasure that we're going to get. That one day you might be in heaven and Jesus will welcome you up and say, Welcome, I, I want to reward you for the fact that during the great toilet paper crisis of 2020, you had 48 rolls and then you saw someone who didn't have any and then you gave some away. And then you will wear your badge of toilet paper generous person around heaven and you'll be very pleased that you have been remembered for the things that you have done. Now, I don't know what the rewards are, but that would be a pretty good reward to be remembered as a toilet paper hero. Wouldn't that be good? <laughs> or to be the kind of person who says that I will use my treasure to help other people to know Jesus. That the, your reward might be that you meet people uh, in eternity who say, I am here because of your investment 
in me and in the gospel. Or there are people who can come up to you and say, you know what, when I was lonely, you were my friend. And when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. Jesus tells us that whatever we do for the least of his brothers and sisters, we do for him. And that when we honour those who are poor, we honour God. These are the kinds of investments that Jesus calls us to make. And he calls us to do it in faith that we have a God who will look after us. Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Which is an interesting phrase because when I you know, think about it, I would think that Jesus would say, where your heart is, there your treasure is. So the things that you really love, that's what you treasure. And so make sure you love the right things. And I think that's kind of right. But what Jesus is saying is actually that whatever you think that you love, it may not be what you actually love. Look at what you are storing up for yourself, and that is what you truly love. And so when I think about the things that I truly love, well, one, I truly love hash browns. I'm storing up a lot of them in my freezer at the moment. And I feel really good when I open my freezer and say, look at all those hash browns. And I'm storing up frequent flyer points. I'm getting really excited as I see my frequent flyer points go up because I you know, spent money here and spent money there. I'm like, oh, look, I've got enough frequent flyer points that I can just feel very rich in frequent flyer points, which they are a strange economic way of you know, judging your worth. But I don't want my treasure to be there. I don't want my heart to be there. Because imagine if, you know, I said, oh, my heart's with frequent fly points and hash browns. Like, that's not the kind of person I want to be. <laughs> so where am I going to, what am I going to treasure? Well, I treasure the fact that I actually get to spend my money and my time and my energy in loving God and loving others and helping others to know Him better. Investing in this world and in his people. That's where I want my heart to be. And so that's the things I should treasure. And so I should spend my other things, everything else I have. So that my treasure and my heart can be where I really want it to be. Uh, Jesus um, goes on to say, The eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And if your eyes are unhealthy... Your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. What Jesus is saying to us here is that we can be divided people. And we can sometimes think that we can, you know, hold God over here and money over here and say, you know, I can spend half my life achieving my goals and the other half of my life achieving God's goals. And we can, we can work those things together. But Jesus is saying, you can't do that. You can't have two gods. Because if God wants to be the only one in your life, well, then anything else that you want to have equal to him, uh, you're, you're saying is better than him because he calls you to be the only one him to be he calls you to have him as his your only god and so if you are going to have money as as something that you spend time working towards and probably you will because that's how you know life works then make sure you are earning money so that you can give it to god 
so that it can be used in the service of him and of his people. And that doesn't mean that you have to give 100% of your money to the church. Um, If you did do that, you would find it difficult to eat. And you would be relying on people to look after you when you probably didn't need to do that. But use your money to feed you so that you can go out and serve God. And use your money to, to pay for your rent or pay your mortgage so that you can use your, your place for hospitality. Use what God has given you for Him. Because God is your God and everything else is there to serve Him. But still we have this feeling, it's like, well, if I do that, then what about the fact that, that I'm going to need money for when hard times come? What about the fact that I am worried about what the future holds? What about that? Because we are people who worry, aren't we? And that's why we store up. We store up because we are worried. And we can worry about little things. Like I worry about, you know, when I catch the train, where am I going to sit when I catch the train? Am I going to get a seat by myself? Or am I going to have to rub knees with someone? And then when I sit on the train, I look at the people getting on and then I worry about who might actually sit down with me. Like these are very small worries to have, but I have those worries. But then there are very big Worries that we can have. Worries about what's going to happen in the future. Worries about our health. Worries about what the economy is going to be like. We've had a pretty anxious time in Australia lately. I mean, there's, there's always kind of the, the hanging threat of climate change that we keep hearing about. And then for for years we've been hearing about the droughts and chances are, you know, we aren't immediately affected by that, but we feel the stress of that. And then there were the bushfires late last year and early this year, and that got a lot closer to home. And if you weren't immediately affected, chances are you know people who were. And for months we were getting texts saying, you know, so-and-so's property is in danger so-and-so's house is in danger, please pray. These people are in danger, please pray. We feel that stress. And and now we're talking about the coronavirus, which may or may not be as bad as everyone is talking about. Maybe 40 to 70% of us will get it. Maybe it will have a death rate of 3%. We are feeling the worry. Because we cannot control the future and we don't know what we are going to do. Well, Jesus tells us here, do not worry. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body and what you will wear. And I used to think that this was, this was a command of Jesus. Do not worry. And then if you worry, then you are sinning. But I don't think that's what he's doing here. Because one... If the command is do not worry, then you're going to worry more, aren't you? Like you're going to be like, oh, I'm worried that I'm worried. And then God is going to be up, up in heaven being like, Tom is worried. Gabriel, write down now that Tom is worried. I'm very unimpressed with Tom right now. And then I'll, and then I'll just feel more guilty and more worried and it's not going to help. But I think what Jesus is doing here is giving us some wisdom. Saying do not worry. Life will go better for you if you do not worry. We were not people who were designed to worry. Worry is not good for you. I've looked up on the internet what happens to you if you worry. 
And the internet has told me that, you know, you can get all sorts of medical issues. Like it's bad for your sleep, uh, it's bad for your heart, it can cause cancer, it can even get you pregnant. That's what the internet told me, so don't worry. It sounds very worrying to worry. It's better for you if you do not worry. Jesus is saying, do not worry. But how should we not worry? And then Jesus gives us an answer to it. It's not just don't worry and off we go. But he gives us the ways that we cannot worry. First he says, he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. If you watched birds, I get to watch birds sometimes. Where we live, we have... Uh, we live in a, a little apartment and we look out onto a, you know, we're like on the fourth story and we look out onto a concrete wall. Uh, but, but then just past the concrete wall, there is the rest of the world. And sometimes birds come in and they kind of fly around in this, this area that's like between our balcony and the concrete wall and I get to get to watch them fly around and then sometimes they come and sit on our balcony and, and sometimes they like hop around on the, the little you know, table and chairs that we have there. And one of them managed to poo on our window, and I don't know how. It's very, it's, it's odd. Like, it's like, like, I've just been looking at it, and like, like the trajectories are all wrong. I don't know how it did it, but it's done it, and, and it's been there for a few months now. We haven't cleaned it up. But, uh, but I look at these birds, and, and it's just nice to watch the birds when you see them, because they're definitely not worrying. I've never seen a bird, you know, walking around saying, oh, man... The interest rate has dropped and, uh, and I've got all these savings and so now I'm not going to get enough for them or the stock market's not going so well and they're not sitting there looking at their, you know, trying to work out their budgets. They're not doing that. They're just flying around being birds and, you know, oh, there's a worm, I might eat it or there's a bug, I'm going to eat it or there's some seed, I might eat that. Like that's, that's how birds live. They live day to day. And they're able to do that because God is looking after them. And we are so much more valuable to God than birds. Like, birds are great. But when, when God created birds, he just said that they were good. When God created us, he made us in his image and said that we were very good. And so God is going to look after us. And then Jesus tells us to look at the flowers. He says, see how the flowers grow? They do not labor or spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? When we look at the flowers, the flowers are not stressed about what they're going to wear. And the flowers are not there saying, oh look, this is... I've been the same flower this season as I was last season. I really should get with it because we've got a whole new flower season coming up and I've just been the same rose or daffodil or petunia that I've always been. They're not worried. They're just there and they're beautiful and we, we love seeing them. And we are much more valuable than flowers. If God is going to clothe a flower, then he'll clothe us too. And we can... Well, what Jesus is saying here is saying, look at the character of God. If God is willing to provide for these small things, then he's willing to provide for us. 
But in fact, we don't. We can look at these things, but we can look even to the one who is speaking and see him as God's great provision to us. If God provides in the small things, he also provides in the great things. That we have a God who is willing to send his own son, Jesus. To live and to die and to rise again for us on our behalf. So that we might have life and life forever. That we might get bodies that that rise again like his. That because of what Jesus has done. That we might be able to eat of his body. That we might be able to be clothed in his righteousness. Because we have a God who loves us and cares for us. If he is a God who is willing to provide on that scale then we do not have to worry. We have seen how good our God is. Now this is not a guarantee that bad things aren't going to happen. We see Jesus and bad things happen to him, but he was always being looked after by his Father. And worry is not going to stop bad things from happening to you. Jesus says, which of you by worrying can add a single hour to their life? You don't know what's going to happen in the rest of your life. You don't know what good things or bad things. You don't know if you're going to live till you are you know, 120. Or if you're going to step out of church and there's sinkhole is going to open up and you'll step straight into it. That would be strange and it's probably not going to happen. But you don't know. And worrying is not going to change anything. The only thing that worry does is it probably can shorten your life. But we have a God who has looked after us in Jesus and we can trust him. That he will look after us now and look after us forever. But then the second thing that Jesus, the second way not to worry Jesus gives us is not about looking at just the character of God, but he gives us something better to do with ourselves instead of worry. He gives us something better to focus on. Jesus says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus is saying, instead of giving yourself to worry or giving yourself to hoarding up treasures on earth, give yourself to pursuing God's kingdom. And when you're focused on that, then that is what you can be thinking about, and your worries will become less important. Everything else will be given to you if you are focused on what? On God's kingdom and building what he has started in his son, Jesus. Now, I've been uh, watching this Netflix uh, TV show, which is about Formula One racing. I'm not that into racing. I'm not that into sport, really, but I love watching sport documentaries because they give you, like, the whole backstory. Like, I tried watching Formula One, and it was just people driving around in a circle. But in this documentary, which is called Formula One, The Drive to Survive, I think that's what it's called, which is a very, you know, overrated title for, for rich people driving around in a circle. But it's, 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 you know, talking about all the relationships and... And, you know, you know, whether or not one team's going to win or, you know, they're going to crash. And, you know, who's, you know, which driver likes this driver. You know, there's a lot of drama there and I really get into it. But one of the things that, that you see is, like, how big these Formula One teams are. There's, like, hundreds or thousands of people who are all there to serve this one purpose of getting this car around and around. And in the car, there is a driver. And the driver's job is to be the person who drives the car around and around. And then when, uh, when they need 
you know, new tyres or more fuel. Then they drive into the pits, and then there's a whole team of people who run up, and then they, you know, come with their, you know, their, their things, and then see, I'm not, not that into sport. They go, woo, woo, and then they put pet fuel in the car, and then they, the car drives off again, and. And it all happens in about a second and a half. It's amazing to watch. I mean, it's, it's amazing that it happens so fast. You can't really watch it because it's like, oh, 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 and then they're gone. And, and if the driver had to do it themselves, then they would drive in and then they'd be like, get out. And they'd be like, oh, where's the fuel? And they put the fuel in. And they'd be like, oh, I'm not going to change the tires. And they'd be changing the tires. And then when they're driving, they'd be thinking, like, do I have enough fuel? And, and do I, are these the right tires? And how am I going to change them? And, and can I afford the fuel? And what I'm gonna, like the, the driver would spend their whole time worrying about stuff other than just driving around and being the, the winner. Everyone is there to serve the driver so the driver can do their job of winning the race. And now what Jesus is saying here is the amazing thing is that it's like God is our pit crew, which seems a little bit blasphemous, but this is what he's saying. He's saying, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things that we are worried about, they will be given to you as well. So you work on loving God and loving others and God will look after you. God will give you the food that you need. He'll give you the the clothing that you'll need. He'll give you the energy that you need. He'll give you the friends that you need. God will give you what you need so that you can achieve His purposes in loving Him and loving others. And as you do that, you'll be storing up treasures in heaven. So when you get to heaven, you can be so pleased with what God has given you because you have been pursuing His goals. As we focus on the kingdom, as that is our goal, then we do not have to worry anymore. Because we have a better focus, a better goal, a better ambition, a greater ambition than just having enough money to survive. Or a better ambition than just having a good family or paying off our mortgage or living a long life. We have the ambition of helping people to know God, of loving Him and loving others, and enjoying the treasure that we store up in heaven. We do not have to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. We get to seek first God's kingdom. And isn't that a privilege? That is so much better than worrying or storing up treasure that that thieves can steal and that moths and vermin can destroy. Like seek first God's kingdom because that is the best way to live. I'm going to pray for us. Father God, we know that we worry. And for some of us, it's hard. And we know that you love us in our worries. And we know that you care for us. Lord God, I pray that we'll be people who are not greedy, but are people who are generous. That we are people who are generous with our money and with our time, with our emotional energy, with our hospitality, because we know that these are things that you call us to give for the sake of your kingdom. I pray that we'll be people who 
By your power, do not worry. Because we know that you're a God who provides for us, so you are trustworthy. And we, are, we know that you're a God who has given us a greater thing to pursue than our own well-being. And we can trust you in that too. I pray that we will be people who are a non-anxious presence in this world. And that as we are people who do not worry, that we will be building your kingdom. Amen. Well, that was the talk. And I hope it was helpful for you. If you want more talks, or to read my blog, or order my book, or even to book me to speak, remember to go to tomfrench.com.au. It's my home on the internet. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWFrench or on Insta at TWFrench. And don't forget to give this podcast a rating and review wherever you get your podcast so that other people might be able to discover it too. Till next time, have a good one.